You read five chapters of Dahlgren. <laughs> I thought you could Was make it? it through two of a China Mieval book. You're listening to First Chapters, a podcast from Grey Cat Books, with your hosts, Engineer Mike and Nina McNamara. Ever wanted to know if the first few pages of a book were good enough to continue reading? Will a book be engaging enough, or will it bore you to death? Then keep listening. The plot thickens. Alright, welcome to First Chapters, the podcast for those who can only get past the first couple of chapters of a book. The, the podcast for people who watch one episode of a TV show and go, no, that's exactly, enough, that's enough for me, and then never watch it again. That's correct. <laughs> if you only got past episode one of The Idol, if you got past episode Why? one Why did you do that? Why of... Did you... Yeah. Velma. Yeah. Oh, God. If you got past oh, episode God. one of The Rings of Power, oh, well, then this podcast is not for you. No, no. And if you did get past episode one of those shows, you're either forced to for another podcast you were making about them, mm-hmm. or you were just a glutton for punishment. Yeah. And you know what's sad is that we got past episode one of all of those shows. Even Velma? I don't think we watched I think we watched. Two. I think we watched no, two episodes. No, I think Velma's the exception. Because we usually... Nina and Engineer Mike, we usually always give a show, you know, a, a full run. Or they know who we are. If you're listening to episode six or seven of this podcast, you don't know who we are. I'm Nina McNamara. I'm Engineer Mike. You can also go back and listen to some of the other episodes. There's nothing really to be brought up to speed. It's an episode about the first chapters of books. There you go. You're, you brought up to speed. Continue listening, please. <laughs> nothing else. But no, Velma was the exception. We We watched the first episode of Velma and we both had the same reaction. We were like... No, just no. We normally always give shows three episode tries. Velma was the exception. We were like, no, that is a mean spirited show. But we Ooh. sat through all of the Rings of Power. We and were forced to all of the Idol. Uh, the Idol was by choice. Just That's because true. I happen to like Abel Tesfaye singing. I'm one of his biggest fans in the world. He's also known as The Weekend. That's definitely a you thing. That yeah. please don't include me, even though <laughs> that we, that's why I said. Even me. though we both co-host this podcast, yeah. that is I an engineer. Let thing. Nina go on record. She is not a fan of Abel quotation mark the weekend unquote Tezfe's music. Correct. I'm not a fan of misspellings of names. Well, after that revelation, an engineer Mike can share what he's reading this oh, week. What I'm reading this week, and uh, I'm both reading two books at once right now. And I just actually finished three books. Brag. So what I'm reading is kind of confusing. I have to pick one of these five books, I suppose. Let me pick. This is going to be weird. This is going to be weird. Are you ready for a weird one? Though? I am. It is a book called Translation State by okay. Anne Leckie. Interesting. Okay. Anne Leckie, an author who I had utterly given up on okay. before. After I'd read another one of Anne Leckie's books called... Providence. Providence. Wow, you have a good memory. I Uh, don't. I just remember you bitching about it. Providence, which, like all of Anne Leckie's books, starts off strong, and then nothing really happened for a long time. Providence kind of picked up at the end. Good. After we had last talked about it, and the last quarter of the book, really good. Actually, kind of good. Well, it's promising, then. Yeah, weirdly good. So after getting done with that... Because there's like an expanded universe of books that Anne Leckie writes her books in. The next book that she wrote was called Translation State. And picked it up and started reading it. And really, really interesting. 
actually a pretty good book. And it's because mm -hmm. my criticism of her previous books is that they just followed one character, one point of view, who basically never went anywhere and did anything. Mm -hmm. This book, Translation State, is three characters in three completely different places doing three completely different plots. And it's actually really neat. I think that's where Anne Leckie's writing shines is when she's doing lots of different things at once. Mm -hmm. And I'm really looking forward to where the book is going. Well, that's fantastic to hear. I'm, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that your opinion on Provenance changed. It did. It did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and my opinion on Lucky as well. Yeah. Well, good. Good to hear. It's always nice to hear a 180 from someone. That's true. Who, yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. yeah. And what are you reading this week? Okay. So this is going to be an interesting one. I am reading a book called Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. As you know, I am a feminist mm. oh. because I like... Oh. I, I, when was I going to find out about this? I like to remind people about this uh, every 30 seconds. No Lately, I, I would say probably in the past three years or so, maybe a little bit longer, I've been trying to distance myself from the term... Um, well, that makes me sad. It's yeah. not because I don't believe in equality and justice for everyone, but the history of feminism mm. is rooted in white supremacy. Sadly. The history in the people who... The history don't of the don't people mansplain who, feminism no, 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 to me. It's the history of people who call themselves feminists. No. Right? No. The history of feminism... Of feminism itself. Dating back to the suffragettes. So not the people who yes. call themselves feminists. You're talking about the idea of feminism yes. itself suffragettes is rooted in white wanted supremacy. the right to vote because they mm. wanted to be separate from black women. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Above. So, Ugh. educate yourself. So basically, this is yep. now our right-wing podcast, to Feminism Sucks, with Nina and Engineer Mike. So Strap in, take your anti-woke pills, or whatever the hell they're called. Today, the term <laughs> feminist... <laughs> So today the term feminist has been kind of co-opted by capitalist opportunists. Mm. Yep. They've never had the goals of equality lean, and justice in lean mind. Lean in feminism. Right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Lean yeah, in lean in girl boss feminism. Yeah. You gotta um, be a boss. Be a feminist. Mickey Kendall, she's a black woman, obviously. Mm -hmm. She started the trend uh, hashtag solidarity is for white women back mm. in 2013. That was Ooh, when we were still wow. on social media. Way back then. Yeah, wow. that was to show how modern feminism is centered around white middle-class women mm -hmm. at the expense of marginalized women. Yeah. Well, I'll give you two really good examples. Sure. You know the show Girls on HBO mm -hmm. that I'm, like, even today ne I'm kind never of bitching about. Never seen a single episode of it. I only learned recently that Adam Driver, one of my favorite actors, was on that yeah, show. Yeah, he was on that show. Weird. Kylo Ren was on that show before he mm -hmm. was Kylo Ren. So, Strange. Girls took place in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. which is not predominantly white. It's um, not? Oh. No, but it never featured been. a cast of all white women, and it was praised for its depiction of 20-something women. Black women and mm -hmm. other women of color were like, uh, hello, <laughs> you've completely whitewashed Brooklyn. Maybe Having never been to <laughs> New York or Brooklyn, I can tell you for sure that no, even the quote-unquote white parts of New York are still multicultural yeah. Yeah. today. Seriously. Yes, there is a problem with gentrification, but you're still erasing the history mm. of it. Anyway, another really good example, and this is a darker example, is Carolyn Bryant. Mm -hmm. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, she that was... vaguely familiar. Yeah, she was the woman who lied about Emmett Till whistling at her.
In Ooh, yeah, God. Um, that bitch, as they say. Yeah. yeah, she admitted that she lied, and yeah. she like decades ago she admitted she lied. There, there was a movement to try to prosecute her, but she died before. Yeah, there they was could a warrant. Pro- I yeah. believe there was a warrant for her arrest found, but she died this year. Mm. That's what you know Mickey what? Kendall was talking about when yeah. she means that solidarity is for, for white. For the women. record, Engineer Mike does not make a habit of calling women that bitch, but I will make an exception for, for the Carolyn goddamn Brent. woman who led to the death of yeah. Emmett fucking Till. So, okay. so it's a very good read. It's an uncomfortable read, mm. but I think it needs to be. It needs to be for so-called white feminists. Mm. And yeah, I'm a white woman. I try not to be a so-called white feminist, but I've got a lot of privilege that I still need to check too. So mm. I really like this book. I like where it's going. I like what it's making me feel. I like what it's what it's saying. Challenging. It, it, it's very challenging. challenging. It's good, a challenging good. read. I like so I highly recommend it. So. This is a marketplace of ideas. We believe in the free market of ideas here on First Chapters. It's an egalitarian thought. Don't ever say that. You burn around me. You know that. All right. right. So this week, the book that we are actually talking about for this week is the book The City and the City by China Mievel. An author who not only do I know, I've read a couple of books. That is true. Nina has read a couple of books from front to back yes. from this author. Mm-hmm. Uh, just two. Just two. I tried to. Which is weird because <laughs> you, you've read two books of a trilogy of his books. I did. That I've been trying to get you to read for a decade. I Okay. Now, in my defense, <laughs> China Mieville. That is true. And I'm, I'm, please tell me I'm we're pronouncing his last name. It's, it's, I've, I've always heard it pronounced accent, China Mieville. There's yeah. an accent mark yeah. which tells me there's a trick to it. It's, I don't a, know. it's not an umlaut, so it's not no. really... It might not be Mieville. It might be... It's an accent Me Mieville. It could be Mieville. China Mieville is how we're going to pronounce it. So he is the author of a book called Perdido Street Station. Which if you've met Engineer Mike, you've heard me talk about this book. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite books of all time, Perdido Street Station. That is a really good book. And it was the first book I read by him. Mm -hmm. The book is dense. Dense. The book is purple. Purple. It's purple. When we say purple, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know what we mean when we say that, we mean like Charles Dickens. It, that kind of writing. Very descriptive. Very, like, very... Spare no expense. No. Flourishing. Like he is the being sen- paid by the word. The sentences go on and on and on and so on. So the book on. is dense. The book is purple. The book is brilliant. Yes. Like, yeah. I made it through. Yeah. And like I have said before on this podcast, I do not like purple prose. This was one of those. Occasions. This is... The book goes places. Yeah. It takes you places this book yeah it's incredible sequel was the scar is one of my favorite books of all time top five which is why we can still work together that's true the scar is i was almost in tears at some point the scar is an incredible beautiful book book. it really really is and creative too like that is an original idea that you know what's weird it's actually not an original idea. The exact same thing of kind of the floating community of ships that have all been connected together is actually from the book Snow Crash. Is it by really? By Neil Stevenson, yes. I've never read Snow Crash, yeah, so I'll yeah. probably have to it's read that. It's actually from that. Now, China the Evil, in my opinion, does it way better. And the third book <laughs> yep. is Iron Council. Iron Council. And that is where he lost me. Because that's so sad because that is a book that's just completely about communism. I know, and... <laughs> Jenny Mayville is a giant British socialist. That is true. His yep. politics are extremely left-wing. Mm-hmm. I just could not get into the Iron Council. Wow, that's sad. Yeah, it was just... You read one chapter and you stopped? No, 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 that's oh. not true. Oh, really? I actually got about a third of the way. 
You got a third of the way through Iron Council? I got a third of the way through Iron Council. And then I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm losing it. And I moved on to other books. And now that brings us to The City and the City. Which is the book we're actually talking about this week. The City and the City. Is this the book he published after Iron Council? Um, It's after Iron Council in that it it was one of his books published after. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the book published directly after, if that's what you mean. It was definitely Mm -hmm. published after, though, later on. So tell me about how decorated this book is. I use Goodreads ratings as a, a good litmus test for how popular a book is of all china Mievel's books on goodreads and he's got 10 to a dozen books maybe his most popular one is the one we talked about called perdido street station by far and then second is this book the city in the city which mm-hmm. is a book until even last year i had never read before I read three of China Mievel's books in the, in the trilogy that we were talking about. I read another one of his books, loved all of them. And then I just stopped reading his books. And it kind of coincided with a time in his life where he didn't really publish many more books past that point. He had a mm-hmm. lot of activity in the, the 2000s. And then in the 2010s, China Mievel, I don't want to say he stopped writing. I'm sure he still writes, but he has not published a tremendous amount in the past the past 10 or 12 years his books are very long they are big books and big, big, so big books. yeah i would assume it takes him a long time yeah. and given given how he writes like again oh, yeah. we go back to his prose being extremely Dense. detailed yeah i would assume unless he is sweating it out over the keyboard every single night i would assume it takes him quite a while and because he had kind of fallen off the radar and not really published a lot of books he fell off my radar i stopped reading his books mm-hmm. and then just randomly in a collection of ebooks that i got last year was his book the city in the city and i was like oh yeah that was the other book by him i always wanted to read and i read it and it's one of those books where it started off strong for me and i don't want to spoil the book even though there's i don't know if there is anything to spoil because it's one of those books that most of the reviews for it were like, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get catharsis from reading this book at the end. Mm, okay. The book, without, not spoiling anything, but when I first started reading this book, because China Mievel is typically a writer who, he writes fantasy books. Yeah. It's mostly all fantasy books. He's written one book that I would kind of call science fiction, but it's mostly what was in the 2000s called steampunk fantasy, mm-hmm. which is a style that's largely dropped out of out of fashion now, but still exists. Thank I st- God. I know. it was Steampunk was kind of getting... It was getting on my nerves. A lot there. Yeah. Around, around 20 or 10 it or so. It wasn't so, it was... so much a, a trend as it was a lifestyle for people. No, it was a lifestyle. You're not even saying it. It was a, it was oh a straight God. up lifestyle. So a steampunk much... was. Yeah. And it was getting to the point where you were just tired of it. Maybe China Mievel himself was tired of it too but the city in the city is not steampunk but reading it i was thinking okay it's still going to be a fantasy world so i'm reading this book and i'm like oh interesting it's a cross-dimensional setting where there's the name of it the city in the city is in reference to two different cities mm-hmm. that in this world that he creates basically exist in the same place and time mm-hmm. that's the way the book starts the city in the city and by about halfway through the book i'm like wait what's going on but uh it's apparently a very popular book it's very well written it's very well written it was actually made into a tv show in 2018 on the bbc Mm -hmm. which after i got done reading the book and clearly like i said was left wanting more there was no catharsis at the end of this book i kind of want to watch that bbc series eventually it's a bbc show so there's four episodes and that was it you know (laughs) no catharsis with that either probably not because i am so curious about how they filmed that because 
if you were going to make a film adaptation of The City and the City, considering, with, without spoiling it, The City and the City, it's a book that works visually extremely differently than how it does on the page. Yeah. On the page, you're imagining this world looks like one thing, when in reality, what I think is that it looked completely differently. You're through. really losing me. What I'm picturing in my head right now is something very stupid. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that incredibly dumb movie, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets? I don't say it was incredibly dumb, oh, but it wasn't man. it wasn't spectacular. Like there was a, a little I liked it. a little dinosaur that shat pearls. It was a stupid movie. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah. So you remember when Dane DeHaan yes. and Ken, when yeah, they, when they go to like the Super Walmart and they put on yeah, they yep, go yep, to the super yep, multi-dimensional Super. They put on thing. VR yep. headsets uh -huh. and they're in like a city, well, but they're, they're, they're also in, wandering around the desert. The they're like time. dimensional shifting headsets. Yeah, yeah. They're not just VR headsets. Yeah. So anyway, how far through the city, the city did you get? I got. One chapter in, wow. but that's okay. not because I didn't like it. Oh, okay. That was because I actually did like it, oh. and I wanted to come talk about it. I did not say I hated the book. Here's I the thing. The I did not get any dimensional shifting from chapter one. I just thought it was a regular detective novel. It is. It is. That's, that's Here, okay. one reading of Le it. Very okay. true. So yeah. let's yeah. let's get into it. Okay. Okay. So the book starts out with, quick aside here, mm -hmm. it starts off with a quote from Bruno Schultz, The Cinnamon Shops and Other Stories. He is a storyteller. <laughs> oh. And I looked him up really quick and his city, this is really, really sad, but I'm hoping this kind of ties into the overall book or there's Probably. like parallels. So the city that he lived in his almost his entire life, first it was Austrian and then it was Polish. Uh-huh. And then it was occupied by Soviets and then Nazis or Nazis and then Soviets yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And he never really left. He, all he did was write stories about his life. And that's what oh. the cinnamon shops and other stories was about. Little tales about his life. Mm -hmm. And then like he was killed by a Nazi. Really oh. sad. Like yeah. this, this poor man who yeah. lived his entire life in this one little town mm -hmm. and just wrote stories like these tiny little stories yeah. and maybe the sad stories yeah. about his life and that, all. That quote you're talking about is significant to the book. Okay, I was sure. reading through the first chapter and I'm reading and I'm reading and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so vaguely European with Soviet sympathies, yeah. murder investigation, uh -huh. rainy backdrop, <gasps> Is this Comrade Detective? It, I was thinking that when I was reading oh it, Oh, my too. God. Yes, I was thinking Comrade Detective, which, if you don't know what Comrade Detective is, it's a show that was on Amazon Prime. Which, One season. Which is... Perfection. Is, is perfection. It is, I now understand, as has been explained to me, a satirical show that I did not get with satire <laughs> until four episodes into the show. I thought it was an actual show about detectives in Eastern Europe no. until it was revealed to me. When you're talking about Soviet Eastern Europe, satire works differently. Tongue was firmly in cheek. When I re started realizing, oh, okay, this is, this is actually yeah. not being serious. You don't know, though, when you're talking about a story that takes place in Soviet-era Eastern Europe, things that you may think are a joke are actually just kind of how it worked there. It's exactly like what you described. It's a rainy Soviet era detective story mm -hmm. in Eastern Europe. And well, that's the thing is, is it Eastern Europe? I I exactly. don't know. The names are vaguely. I the, the Balkan. Gunter is it Gunter or Gustav Strass? Basically, the location of the book is unknown. Okay. You do not know where this takes place. 
I don't even know if you know it takes place on Earth. That's yeah. I'm pretty sure it might, because I do think later on in the book, they may say the name New York, but I'm not 100% certain of that. It, you okay. don't know when and where it takes place. Okay, because I, I, I'm reading ahead and I'm like, okay, this sounds kind of like West Germany. Based on the writing, the, West le- Berlin. the, the letters that are used in mm-hmm. the book, I placed it in you know, the former Yugoslav states, what, what, what's yeah. called the, the Balkans. Yeah. It's, it's a place that for the past 150 years has mm-hmm. just kind of swapped hands between people. Yeah. And you describe that person there yeah. who lived in a city who it was just occupied by different forces every decade for decades and decades and decades and decades. It's yeah. that kind of part of the world. It's vaguely Germany. It could yep. be Germany. It could be Budapest. It could be... Exactly. It could be, yeah. could be tons of... It could be vaguely Greek. Vaguely Turkish, vaguely Italian. Yeah. It could be so many different places. So it starts off pretty grim. It's very grim. But it's yeah. like yeah. very, very noir. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's a dead sex worker. The narrator, who name escapes me by now. It, it's very Soviet. Com- comrade detective. Yeah, <laughs> comrade detective. We'll call him comrade detective. Comrade detective <laughs> yeah. is uh, standing over the body of a dead sex worker. And he suspects she's had a, a fight with her client mm-hmm. and then there's drugs involved i'm like yeah yep. this is this is very comrade detective then the superior gets involved um, and he quickly realizes it's like out of his jurisdiction yeah and there's a jurisdiction issue going on yeah yeah exactly so they're fighting over that but one thing i wanted to point out not about the story itself mm-hmm. like we've been mentioning china mievel writes in a very specific way mm-hmm. his sentences are very long there's a lot of commas mm-hmm. there's a lot of adjectives there's a lot of, description. There's yeah. a ton of description. There's a lot yes. of, normally, there's a lot of $7 words that go into yeah, his. Yeah. This book is not like no, that. Chapter one, it's written very plain and very restrained. Dude, this is a book that it felt like, I don't want to say a completely different author was writing it, but it's so unlike his other books I've read. Exactly. And that's very why unlike. that's why I stopped after chapter one, because I need to come up here. Sure. And I need to talk to you about it. I need to... I need to get your opinion and, and see where sure. this is going to definitely, go. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So kind of skipping a little bit ahead. So you just read one chapter. Mm-hmm. Do you think it works as a first chapter? I do. Okay. It, and- it feels like, here's here's what it feels like to me. It feels like a hard-boiled detective story. It is. And it if very you're, much is. Yeah, if you are really into hard-boiled detective stories, kind of like the whole Sam Spade novels, if you are wanting to kind of get into something science fiction-y, I didn't know if this was science fiction or not. You told me this wasn't. It's not science fiction, no. But I understand what you mean. It kind of has a feel. Like, because exactly. I did not know where this was. Ex- it, it felt, again, Eastern European, but it did mm-hmm. not feel like it was on this earth no no so if you're not into science fiction but you're kind of curious about it like you want something new in you your want detectives yeah, yeah if you're just into experimenting like you're not you're you're really not sure it's like no sci-fi yeah no sci-fi <laughs> no full sci-fi it's just like something that you I, just want the tip you had to just drive home the metaphor fully didn't you yeah i did All right, anyway yeah that's why there's another term for works like this that i've heard sometimes used interchangeably with, with yeah. SF or science fiction. I don't use it interchangeably, but it's called speculative fiction. Yeah. I like the term speculative fiction. It's mm-hmm. where it's a fiction book, but it's not on it's our It's plain world. what if. Sometimes they're called alternate history books are also like, I see there are a subgenre of speculative Very fiction. Very much so. This is not an alternate history, but it, it's a book that while not being technically science fiction feels otherworldly. And mm-hmm. my preferred genre of fiction. I prefer those books over hard science fiction. I really, really do. I want just a book that 
feels otherworldly. I just want to feel like I'm in a place that I don't understand, which the city in the city is definitely that. So, mm-hmm. so you think it worked as a first chapter? Clearly, I think I already know the answer, but do you want to read more of this? I do. I really do. I think after I'm done with hood feminism, I'm going to start reading Good, this one. Because I will tell you, definitely worth a read. I was left without catharsis at the end of the book, but how I kind of measure is a book good is, do I forget the book or not? This book, I have not forgotten. This book sticks with me. Just, I don't mean sticks with me because of like gory scenes. No, there's no gory scene. The kind, yeah. of, the kind of scene you talked about at the beginning with a murdered sex worker, I think that's about as gory as the book gets, it wasn't to be that honest. Gory. So there's not like hard to, to stomach scenes. It's just the feel of the book sticks with me. He's so good at world building. That, yeah. that can yeah. do that to you. Like, at the end of Perdido Street Station, that stuck with me. Yeah, the way that book ends. Yeah. yeah. The end of The Scar, that today, oh, very that much. stuck yeah. with me. Can't say the same for Iron Council, unfortunately, but I'm looking forward to that feeling with, uh, yeah. with this yeah. book. So do you think you're going to try to look up the BBC series next? Oh, I am. No, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I said the book has left me wanting more, mm-hmm. which I definitely will watch that series just because I'm curious. I don't think it's going to answer any questions. But I'm curious, once you read the book, you'll get this too, how you adapt a book like this to film, you have to make some choices when you do that. Mm -hmm. Are you going to, you know, just do what's on the page or make some choices about, okay, well, obviously by saying this on the page, he meant this. And by Mm -hmm. saying this on the page, he meant this. Because I thought the book was trying to do one thing at the beginning of it. And then halfway through the book, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. Am I just imagining all that? Because I was thinking, no, he clearly meant this. And I'm like, no, he never actually, trying to be able to the other, he never actually said that. I just assumed that. There is no twist in this book. It's just a slow, steady realization of, as the reader, did I imagine all of that? It was very neatly done. Mm -hmm. Very, very neatly done. I'm looking forward to reading this book next. Very cool. That wraps up another good episode of the award-winning show first chapters by gray cat books it's won several awards that i've made myself please inform me your co-host sure uh they actually were awards for best editing okay um, best intro music and best outro music too oh okay. there's actually well, gonna be a award show this weekend oh fantastic yeah. uh, we'll make sure to invite definitely, everyone definitely definitely and as always how we end every episode do when you're buying books think of the poor poor major publishers and the ceos who work for those companies Try to support them as they buy their second yachts. And most importantly, the the cramping of their hands as they write royalty checks to authors. I don't like this EXO. Let's uh, do another one next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This EXO? EXO. What's that mean? Exit. Do people say EXO? No, I think I fucked that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, good. EXO means it's a naval term. It means yeah, I know. Executive officer, second in command on a ship. All Very right. important on this naval science broadcast. Bye. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening to First Chapters, a podcast from Grey Cat Books. Your hosts were Nina McNamara and Engineer Mike. Our music was provided by Alex Productions and Virtua Jams. Check out our website at greycatbooks.com for links to our credits. Thanks again for listening. Sorry, that was the audio test to see what level it would get up to. (laughs) You gotta prepare me before you do your tenor. Oh, sorry, okay. (laughs) Oh.